Welcome to Uniquely Me, Voice of the Asian Community. I'm your host, Tanjin Twinkle. And I'm your co-host, Tasneem Hassan. This podcast is about South Asian women who want their unique voices to be heard in the South Asian community and beyond. The podcast is a segue to conduct meaningful conversation about South Asian culture, so let's get the conversation rolling. Today's episode highlights an important and common problem in our society, which is colorism. And to discuss that topic today, we have Dr. Meghna Salapragata, who is an assistant professor in the Department of Advertising and Public Relations at Temple University. She also founded Project Colorism, a research and Instagram project dedicated to sharing stories of people experiencing colorism. So hi, Meghna, can you tell us what made you start Project Colorism and more information about this project? Yes. Um, first of all, thank you so much for having me on this. I'm so excited to be here and, you know, have a conversation about colorism. Um, you know, we I started Project Colorism um, mostly because, you know, growing up in India, I experienced colorism, you know, since, I don't know, <laughs> as long as I can remember, you know, it's always been a part of my life. And, you know, hearing people comment about, you know, the color of my skin and, you know, making connotations based on that. And so I grew up sort of just believing it. I think when people just told me that, you know, the color of my skin was not the right shade, I heard wheatish so much, like, you know, the color color of your skin is wheatish. But anyway, so I, I grew up, you know, hearing a lot about that uh, with a lot of pressure from, you know, watching media tell me that, you know, I should lighten my skin. Otherwise, you know, no one's going to like me or no one's wanna, nobody want, nobody will want to date me or marry me or I wouldn't be successful in a career. You know, all those typical ads that you see growing, you know, it's just like, and so, but the, the sad part was, I think I just believed it. I didn't question it. I didn't fight back, you know, basically told myself, you know, even if I'm not, you know, beautiful, even if I don't have the right skin color, I'm at least, you know, I'm gonna work hard and I'm, you know, I'm smart. I'm gonna compensate in all these other ways. And, you know, I did martial arts. So I was like, I, I have other things that I can focus on. And even if this is not my thing, but then fast forward to, you know, coming to the US and, you know, for my masters. And, and I just remember people talking about, you know, oh, I love the color of your skin. Oh, I wanna go and tan. And I was like, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> like, <laughs> you want you want my color and then you know sort of moving on from that and I just started realizing you know the more I talked to people there wasn't like an Indian issue it was an issue among a lot of you know marginalized communities and how you know we are united in that in a way and it's sad that you know for a long time I believed it um, and you know I just realized one one day it just sort of hit me where I was like I am a social scientist and I tell my students that it's so easy to complain, but it's so hard to find solutions and never stop with complaining. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where I, I realized, oh my God, I have to do something about it. Um, and then when I moved to Temple and I started teaching at Temple, um, I gave a talk you know, at this student organization and you know, it was TU Cultural Connect and Kainat Mirza invited me to it. And I went and gave a talk and you know Dilari Ron who was one of the attendees you know was there and you know I gave this conversation and they both were like we should do something if you do something more we want to be involved they followed up with me on it Dilara actually sent me an email going what happened are you doing something about this and so I, I love some mm-hmm. students for that 
Um, and so, you know, we started in spring. So January, January 17, 2020 was our official founding date. And we, you know, the three of us and Michaela Renwick, who I gave a guest lecture in another class. And, you know, I think it was intro to CSI. And, you know, she, you know, joined in and, you know, the three of us, or the four of us now started this and then eventually Raja Ahmed who's you know um, you know another client student you know joined us last semester so it's been it's been very heartbreaking but also you know interesting to see and hear these stories of colorism affecting people but it also gives me you know a little bit of hope for you know hearing all these stories of how people are handling it and how you know there's hope for fighting this mm-hmm. um, so that's where that's how it started that's a very long answer to you know how we got started mm-hmm. great thank you for explaining the project and the purpose of it i mean everybody should have certain purposes and meaningful purposes rather to start something of their own and we're glad to be talking to you about this so we wanted to like for people who actually would not understand the word or the concept of colorism could you help us define it what does the word colorism mean to any south asian woman or men for that matter also yeah i think um you know when i started the project and when we started the project i should say when we started the project the word you know colorism we we realized it was you know at that point we're like okay it's discrimination based on skin color um there's a lot of prejudice against you know darker skin colors compared to lighter Mm -hmm. yeah um and you know that was where we started but then you know as we started doing the research even the definition started to evolve because it's not just about the skin color it's about facial features it's mm-hmm. about characteristics that start getting associated with the color of your skin and also you know how a lot of it and this is something i credit the students involved you know Delara Kaina to like really help me see that you know it's not just about you know skin color it's not just so simple about you know these kinds of discrimination and how a lot of it is sort of grounded and rooted in you know anti-blackness and it's mm-hmm. it's just you know it's it's um there's a lot of history to it and a lot of connection to racism and so it almost feels like you know racism that became internalized within communities and mm-hmm. you don't even realize it um and it's mm-hmm. seeped into you know communities uh you know where we now see anything that's darker skin as you know being associated with something less right so that's a that's you know one way of how even just the definition of colorism had to evolve in our project that's great and like i know like how like colorism has affected like several different communities and so can you talk about like negative effects of colorism in these communities and like what like you know what is going on in these societies and what people are going through because of this yeah you know i if if it's okay i can share a little bit about my own experience you know It's, yeah, yeah, of course. Go ahead. And it's been it's been very interesting because I think um it's so similar to some of the people that we've been talking about and in a lot of the stories that you can see on our Instagram account where you know it's really starts so young and you know when you really barely even understand the concept of mm-hmm. skin color and it's sort of put into you know a child's mind. Like I I remember very vividly being, you know, 
three years old or so and you know the kids telling me kids that I would play I was playing with telling me that we don't want to play with you because because you're dark and you know it just really I remember looking down at my arm and just feeling like what oh I guess we are and just like just conceptualized in my head right oh this is now a concept and when I would tell people you know family members would say oh you you're not fair but you have good features and it's you know right like, there are other things to sort of focus on kind of you know and then going growing up you know you hear a lot you know with and it shows up from like family members telling you you're somehow less than um in some mm-hmm. of our stories if you see people experience that even in school where teachers were treating you know students differently because of the color of their skin where there was preferential treatment for the kids who were lighter skin versus darker skin and it's one of those things where even like you know one of the questions i remember asking people is how do you know it was because of your skin color and it, it was almost like there's no other difference <laughs> other than that and and also you know even when people would respond with like the correct answers they were punished because you know somehow the teacher just didn't like them and so you see this mm-hmm. you know in family you see this in you know education you start seeing this even you know romantic interest right where yeah. you know, people start sharing their feelings you get to that age and and you feel like you're shut down because you don't want to date you know someone who looks at, in one of our you know participants words african and it was just and she was indian and it's it's just these you know this every step of your life you start seeing you know from you know growing up to you know dating to then career professionally where you know people yes. make associations of your skin color with your caste and with you know that's a whole other you know gamut of things especially you know with at least indian community and so you just mm-hmm. it's so prevalent in almost every aspect of life and i think there is a gender disparity i'm not saying men don't experience it men experience it too but i think there's somehow it happened that i think women experience it a little bit more it's almost like it's and okay. a little bit harsher right. in a, a more harsher a little, harsher a little bit harsher yeah for sure <laughs> yeah oh my god um Well, you know, that's that's I like how you point out that no matter how smart you are and things like that, people will still boil it down to a level of just your skin yeah. or even your physical appearance and then make you feel horrible about it even though you're pretty happy being yourself. Yes. So, yeah, like I I kind of understand that bit and I just go like, okay, that's not that's not how I look at it. myself is that's not my problem that is your problem because at the end of the day it's my body it's my skin it's my right it's everything that i have yeah. so if you are making me feel miserable about something mm-hmm. uh, i'm sorry you have to step back a little no i so. love that and i think that's mm-hmm. what we want more people to get to in a place where you start seeing that when people make these comments that just reduce your whole identity to one characteristic of you know that's external to who you are right yes. um and to see that it says more about the other person the person making the comment rather than yourself but when you're a child you know you might not know that you just might just absorb it especially if it's coming for in some instances for some of our participants 
it was coming from their parents or their immediate family right it's so hard to like i would like there there are also cases where siblings also look different mm-hmm. and maybe you share a good bonding with your sibling but the society will some way or the other kind of compare you based on the look is darker than right. you. you guys don't look similar and i'm like and i just think to myself i'm like so you mean to say that we should look similar sometimes Or south asians really have trying to like what are you trying to do here sometimes yeah. like in the community in the south asian community like they have no i mean some, it's good to have no filter but there's but you should not be disrespectful like they just say things whatever they come like whatever disrespectful thing that will come to their head and they will say it exactly uh, one time i was in bangladesh and my brother is a little bit darker than me and the nicer way to say dark skin in bangla is shemla and so And so like someone like pointed out that my brother is way darker than me and like and like tried to insinuate that we cannot be related. And I'm just like, are you telling me my biological younger brother is not my biological younger brother just because he's dark skin? I got so mad and I started cursing people out and my mom was like, "Girls don't do that. Like you have to be really calm and like, you know, we're in another country. Like, you know, you can't act all like out of control. Like you calm down. Like, you know, it's like that's how our society is." Yeah. But like the how like how much can you take how long can you take that you know and so like, nobody exactly. comes up to me after my brother and let alone like talk about his skin which is like a perfect shade like it's fine like he looks right. fine i don't need right. anybody coming after someone who's right. younger than mm-hmm. them you know and these yeah. kids are young mm-hmm. like they don't yeah. know what's going on and now like older generations are like basically bringing them down for something they can't control and even don't understand mm-hmm. yeah no i i went mm-hmm. through the exact same thing actually in engineering where one of my um it's one of those things where do you call them a friend after they say things like this right but it was a friend at that time who said are you sure you are not adopted both your parents are lighter than you are and i was in engineering right my undergrad and so i'm old enough to sort of go see the ridiculous you know insinuation there but then even then i actually went back home and actually brought it up to my parents and i said Am I adopted? Have you guys just been like lying to me all along? And it was more of a joke, but there was a level of like, oh my god, like wow, you're comparing my skin color to my parents and you know and and also it's not just that you're lighter. There's so many implications in there, right? So when you say someone mm-hmm. is light, when you say someone is dark, it's not just a descriptive, you know, information. It's not that oh, this is this color, you're wearing a black t-shirt, you're wearing a white t-shirt. No. it goes with you know all these associations that are embedded about you just fill up someone's identity mm-hmm. you know or their yeah. their personality have you ever heard i don't know if you ever have gotten this but like you shouldn't wear this color because of the color of your skin yeah. i hated that so much cuz one time i was wearing something and like I think some like auntie was like and this color doesn't suit the color of your skin. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, but what does it have to do with like this is what I like, this is what I want to wear. It has nothing to do with my skin color. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely like make yourself look lighter, make yourself look, you know, <laughs> um less dark so you can be more yes, desirable, exactly. more attractive. and all of that you know that goes with it but you know the interesting point that i noticed when tinzi and you were talking about how you know this this auntie said something and you're like 
you know, ready to respond, right? You know, one of the things that, you know, as at Project Colorism, we've been interested is the different types of responses you can give, right? One right. is believing. You can just completely believe something that someone is saying and just accept it and completely do damage to your self-concept. The other thing you can do is argue, you know, just go, wait, what did you just say? And, and you know, respond to that. You could also engage where some people were like, why did you say that? Where is that coming from? So what if I'm dark or what, mm-hmm. what, what if I wear that color and I look dark? Like some people engage and mm-hmm. it's and some people, you know, I think can still ignore. It's not that everybody mm-hmm. it's not our responsibility to be educating people either. So it's like sometimes you have to pick and choose your, you know, decisions of like mm-hmm. who you want to engage with and it's perfectly fine, you know, not take on the responsibility. Like it shouldn't be the responsibility of person, you know, who's experiencing colorism or right. racism to say, mm-hmm. you know, let me educate you because oh, you don't know. Like it's it should be everybody's responsibility at this point. So I think people can ignore yeah. it too. Like and we're just curious, you know, who are those people who believe that we can just move to either ignoring, arguing or engaging, mm-hmm. you know, where you can just feel like you have some power and you don't have to take it. But Magna, I think you're definitely right about like it starting young because I think when I was like I think in elementary school I used to be friends with this girl who was a little darker than me and like I think like we never like I never thought about never thought about her being darker than me or we were just play around you know go to school have fun she was like one of my closest friends during that time but I think I don't know like I think people would bring up our the color of our skins where she got defensive about it and didn't want to I think she wanted to stop playing with me just because people would compare both of us because of our skin yeah. and like which kind of ruined my friendship starting from a young age but I didn't understand the concept of colorism at that time for me to like I so I didn't like I didn't know how to apologize because I didn't understand what colorism was or like if it was an issue because I was like only like in elementary school not understanding what mm-hmm. colorism is well now I know yeah and so like I feel so sad that that happened and I couldn't do anything about it because I just didn't know what colorism was you bring up such mm-hmm. an important point Hansine because a lot of times like I didn't even know the word colorism existed right so you know mm-hmm. there's so many types of ignorance right one of the most dangerous type of ignorance is you don't even know what you don't know right so mm-hmm. it was one of those things where yeah. when you don't even know the term how do you even talk about it how do you even express that to someone and and know what to say and one of the things that we've been finding too in talking to people is that we don't talk about it enough and even if we do we talk about it in such a <laughs> abstract concept like this is wrong with our society but we never boil it down to what are some concrete things you can tell right and that's something that even with like kids or even adults <laughs> sometimes even i need that mm-hmm. a little bit right. people say things and you're like wait what and then you go home and you're like i should have said this this and this mm-hmm. right? all the time <laughs> you know, all the time <laughs> things where I, I, you know, one of the things we want to start working towards is we want to start developing concrete language that you can start teaching kids or even adults to just have these things that kind of are ready to, you know, engage if you desire mm-hmm. to do so, right? So you're so right. Like we, we don't have the words. And even now I feel like I'm, you know, I didn't grow up with like social media. Mm-hmm. But now when I see, you know, all these posts and all these, 
you know amazing people like you know including your work right like this did not mm-hmm. exist years ago and so it's nice <laughs> that you know now if someone's experienced something like this that hopefully they can log on and see and realize oh no that is messed up like <laughs> i don't have to believe mm-hmm. it right give them a little bit of agency and moving on further a more important concept that we were just talking about is fairness creams fairness creams as we know are widely used in south asian countries but until recently there have been people who have been unsupportive about using them even endorsing them to an extent so we want to know what are your thoughts about that uh <laughs> i i mean it is safe to say that we do not um you know we we want people to start developing a good relationship with who they are how they are um and mm-hmm. you know having that self acceptance and self love right for who you are and yeah. what you look like i growing up i will admit i used like i used it because i wanted to be fair because of everything that i believe i would get frustrated mm-hmm. that it wasn't working or i would start seeing like it was actually doing more damage <laughs> to my skin because of maybe how i was using it or my deep right exactly i just remember like it it became such a symbol of my low self esteem right like it just mm-hmm. so symbolic mm-hmm. that you know i'm using this i mean clearly that's a sign like wow you are unhappy with who you are and you want to change this and uh, and a lot of times i think people tell themselves that they're doing this like it is their decision i think you going even if you make the physical act of going and purchasing it yourself you have to it's mm-hmm. i think when you dig deeper you start realizing it is not your decision like it's almost like society made this decision right it is been yeah, condition and you start thinking like you're taking charge of the situation but ultimately what you're really doing in this situation is giving in to societal pressure and just you know mm-hmm. and trying to somehow you know conform to what is the norm in our society to right. to just become part i mean we're humans we there's a internal need that every human has to conform to find a group to be social mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's there in us but i think you know one way to start thinking about it is what groups do you want to be a part of <laughs> you know the group that actually exactly what do you want to associate yourself with mm-hmm. who do you want exactly. to hang out with i certainly do not want to associate myself with people who do not understand mm-hmm. a lot of things and colorism is one of them and i'm like i'm sorry i think we're not exactly. on the same page it's not only about fairness creams i think at to a point people have used home remedies like self care is good i i completely endorse that but just to lighten your skin like just the thought that you're going to become fair um that's not what self care is is this self if you're doing that uh, <laughs> you're caring about right. <laughs> and you're caring about seeking exactly and i think that's right like there is skin care like you want to take it, like wear sunscreen protect yourself like there are good things with skin care that you want to be mindful of but like exactly you know if you're taking skin care for the purpose of like i don't know <laughs> you know being okay in someone else's eyes more than your own eyes that's a problem but it's a huge exactly. industry in so many countries and you know especially right. you know in south asian communities it is mm-hmm. yes huge and 
you know there's not going to be a market if there is no demand and so clearly we still have you know in our community this right. this, demand. this obsession i mean even till date when i go to some of the indian stores here i see a lot of i see fair and lovely like in as i'm like no matter where i go i'm going to run into this right <laughs> yes <laughs> pretty yes. much everyone. i mean i think with fairness queens again i think or any of the skin lightening procedures you know i know there is you know a push to sort of you know include men in this too but it it's very much i think predominantly women it kind of reminds yeah. me of have you guys heard of edward bernays and you know the pr you know um controversy with smoking where you know a lot of tobacco companies you know went to him and said you know we want to increase our reach we want to also include women and so the whole campaign was to sort of you know bring in women and you know recognizing that it used to be a taboo let's mm-hmm. not make it a taboo anymore let's frame it mm-hmm. as women lighting up their torch of freedom and so you know uh, it's very much yeah. a change and so i almost wonder you know and i don't it's one of those things where you know even though i think the market is trying to push it to men um, i have seen i have mm-hmm. seen few very lovely commercial with men like <laughs> You know, like this one guy who's trying to be an actor, then right. he will get replaced with a fairer actor. Right. After fair he's like, he shot a scene. <laughs> yeah. And handsome. then he will just wear the cream. Then you know he will walk the runway, and he, you know, like everyone loves him now because he's yeah. fair. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> the sad part. I think you know, I think everybody internally, inherently, you know, all of us as human beings want to feel a sense of love, a sense of acceptance, and a sense of belonging. and it's sad that you know we in our communities have sort of set up some of these conditions for being you know accepted and loved yes. and belong and mm-hmm. it's sad and it, i think a lot of us don't even i mean we are having this conversation so we clearly have a little bit of awareness about it right that, but there's so many people who don't even question it and they just live in it and it's harming mm-hmm. a lot of people young and old you know it's i still have mm-hmm. relatives you know sometimes when we talk where they're like i think i'm getting darker am i getting darker i'm like it's okay it's all okay <laughs> are you are you are you feeling healthy like that's important <laughs> But, you know it's, yeah. it's so in us that you know it's not it's the not end of the world. it's not the end of the world <laughs> and you know I I hope I mean there's so many other things we should be focusing on you know with self improvement you know being right. a human being um and not really about your you know your appearance and so mm-hmm. I can go on and on about this <laughs> but speaking of mm-hmm. industry there's like another industry I want to talk about which is the film industry and their movie characters surrounding colorism and how like how do you think film industry is handling colorism as of now like is it getting better is it improving or do they need work very yes. much predominantly a white you know preferential you know kind of based industry mm-hmm. like and the only people you know growing yes. up i remember watching you know i mean i'm hyderabadi but i'm also telugu you know um my my dad's family is you know speaks telugu so you know we i grew up watching a lot of south indian movies my mom grew up in tamil nadu she's konkani but you know a lot of south indian mm-hmm. movie you know consumption going on and you would see you know anyone who is darker skin being portrayed as the villain or the comical character like you know people would make fun of them mm-hmm. and so you can start seeing how you know 
even within how media portrays you know pref- you know how you know they're very rarely i think you find like you know the only th- i can count people on my fingertips who are not absolutely fair right nandita das comes to mind like you know the, and then and then you pause and you go who else like who else is there that that you know that is you know darker <laughs> skin and still gets and even you know fernandita das i don't see her in very commercial kind of outlets you see her in you know more of the she's always right art yeah. movies, and as so, they say you know <laughs> in a lot of these things you start noticing why why is there no representation and why isn't there representation in like powerful characters you know let's have not mm-hmm. just for the sake of you know having someone who is darker but like actually a person who is in a position of power and you know and that it doesn't matter right like you know how many people are you know we need to sort of start rethinking that i think i know that people are mm-hmm. having these conversations i know you know when i see instagram posts from like i know abed diol has been very oh, yeah. about it I oh my god so he has been upset about it I, i've heard him <laughs> i know nandita das talks about it it's but again it's sad that we have a handful that we can count on it's not right. you know why aren't we hearing more it's yeah, not why aren't we hearing more and i think it really it's a cyclical circle right like they don't it's a demand and supply mm-hmm. kind of thing that that everybody's trying to deal with but one thing i will say is that the film industry and any media for that like tv you know news mm-hmm. you know even any kind mm-hmm. of media consumption um you know we you know as a communication professor i can say that you know people there are media effects it's not that mm-hmm. you know people change their mind or form their opinions only based on media but media is a huge factor and and when when a yeah. particular message is repeated you tend to retain it more so and you start to sort it really starts to sink in and sometimes it's not even a very conscious right so you, you start, start believing it, it and it just yep. settles in you you mm-hmm. don't even know where you got that belief from but it just settles in you mm-hmm. and so you know if we don't start changing what we put in our media Mm-hmm. this is you know that's one factor right i mean we have to have family conversations that are more right <laughs> we have to have you know work maybe policies that are more you know helpful and protecting mm-hmm. you know these kinds of discriminations but media has a huge role too in terms of making sure that they're doing their part mm-hmm. to help send the message that hey the color of your skin does not define you and you know no matter what color or skin you have you should be celebrated and right. there are people of all skin colors mm-hmm. in all types of roles and mm-hmm. you know that's going to take some time but i mean that i hope it doesn't take some time i say it takes take some time but i hope it it really is you know people have this in, they're influential and i hope they actually do something mm-hmm. about it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. speaking of media you know we talked about earlier like before we got on this podcast um It's called Indian matchmaking. We talked about the Netflix show, and like Seema Auntie would be like, the, like one time, every time you will request like a girl or to like see her CV, she has to be like fair, gora, or as she would say it. And so like every time like I hear that, I will just feel cringe in my heart slowly as like the every time I hear the word fair or gora, like it was just like you know like puncture my heart, and I'm just like, can you please stop saying that? Even if that's the reality. because like these moms or like sometimes like the boys like the prospect boy themselves are looking for like a fair wife and i'm just like but you're not fair like sir you're not fair yourself like 
Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's correcting mentality like a lot of people have where you know if you're not fair, oh my son is not fair, but if he marries, you know, fair girl, then the kids will be somewhere. Right. Else. And I'm just like what? <laughs> These kinds of beliefs. But I mean, imagine, I mean that that show is you know symbolic again of so so much of real life that happens in you know you take a newspaper and you open you need to have like i actually took out you know screenshots of you know online you know indian newspapers that have matrimonial you know sites still right sections you can see oh you know that i never forget this one particular one where you know it starts off with fair and you know what you know her height is and what her weight is and all of that and then ends with how you know she she has a phd in something amazing from harvard oh my god like, how do you not start off with something like that and how do you but the, the even just looking at that phrasing right the fact that you like you that. put that as being the most important mm-hmm. you know, criteria and if you see like you said like you just look at any matrimonial you know <laughs> experiences it's amazing that there is that criteria now i heard that shadi.i think it's shadi shadi.com shadi.com right oh that that's like my childhood i was like <laughs> those commercials i know i think it's shadi.com and um you might have to check this but they made an announcement i think saying that they're going to eliminate the criteria for you know skin color in their in their profile um okay big statement um which is good i think everybody's doing their part and that's their part but that doesn't stop there right it's mm-hmm. right like you fixed a problem because people are still going to look at photos we right. need to exactly. talk about these kind of issues yeah. break the cycle mm-hmm. yeah. break the exactly. ice it might also require certain argumentative conversations where you get highly offended yeah. and you're like excuse me you're just stepping yeah. over your boundaries you need to take a step back and walk out the door because yeah. i'm not going to let you do that and the funny part is that when a woman as they say a woman of color uh not fair um if she actually has credentials and she is trying to stand up for herself the society will i mean i have i've not personally experienced it but then people think like oh she is trying right. to say for mm-hmm. the lack of that color that she has and i'm like and i'm like yeah. oh wow yeah. look at you being all yeah it just amazes me how people try to say that and i'm like so You're trying to say that she's trying to compensate for her skin color or her height mm-hmm. or no. how she looks right now. Well, that's pretty right. shallow. Like no matter whatever you that, do, you it know? always comes back to your parents. Like which yeah. is sad and so annoying. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I feel like media, the role of media is a huge one because until unless we don't step in and we don't do a lot of representations of different skin colors and different um aspects and different you know women from different backgrounds mm-hmm. it's not for sure yeah you have to be I, you know of, i think about you know kids growing up or you know or even adults who are living in communities that are still very much you know who believe this and you know I think I truly believe that people are trying to do the best they can with what they have and you know it's sad that we have mm-hmm. reached a point where you know these kinds of beliefs are just so ingrained 
but mm-hmm. imagine i just imagine you know even if your whole community around you is not saying that and everybody at least i know the south asian community we love our movies we like you know going and watching our movies right and then you see that movie and that could be you know the impact that you know an indirect impact and the power that some of these movies and these tv shows can have on people mm-hmm. because even if you mm-hmm. feel like people around you are not giving you that message the fact that you can have media tell you hey you're okay <laughs> like right. don't listen to things like this that's a huge power which yeah. to me you know again is just frustrating that they're not taking advantage of the power that they have to right. communicate the right message yeah cuz they do have indirect exactly. power cuz i think i think long time ago i rewatched the movie viva with shahid kapoor and amrita rao good movie like the story but it has an indirect message like behind like i didn't pay attention to it until now it has something to like it has some colorism messages like in the movie where like her cousin who is a little dark skin like her mom would put like cream on her powder gajal to make her look more like you know more beautiful than her you know fair beautiful cousin <laughs> and i'm just like but she's beautiful as you know as it is she's beautiful you know she's pretty like she's going to find somebody but they're just like she's not going to find somebody like her cousin who got married up to Shahid Kapoor who is a rich you know beautiful man and so like her mom was like basically <laughs> paranoid throughout the whole movie like just because of that and also hated the cousin which is like the older cousin who got married to a, like a nice family who happens to be fair cuz her whole life she's been seeing like comparison between right. her daughter and right. you know her niece and right. so yeah. it's just like that movie I was like it's a good mm-hmm. movie but like they should have addressed like they should have addressed that you know more you know into that yeah. you know yeah and you know to play devil's advocate mm-hmm. i will say there are some people who will say and they're very fair to say this where they can say you know just because someone watches a movie like it's not like they're going to believe it true true yeah. people have agency like we all have you know it's not like you know in communication we talk about how media is not like this magic bullet that like just can do something and just people just believe it. it's not exactly. like they don't have a mind of their own they do mm-hmm. but i think you know to your point of like almost like if every media that you see is subtly like it's not even like a very explicit kind of a explanation it's very mm-hmm. hidden it's very implicit and it just slowly adds up in your mind right your schema is sort of built around all of these experiences and without you even realizing you start having these preferences and just <laughs> you know how it's so mm-hmm. sneaky we wanted to basically delve into what kind of strategies do you think people should use to not let colors experiences affect one's self-worth. Yeah. Can you tell us briefly about I think about one it? of the things that was our huge goal with our project colorism. It's still our huge goal and we're still I'm sure, you know, what I'm going to share is part of the picture. I'm sure there'll be more things evolving and mm-hmm. you know and and going and I hope more things evolve. But based on what we're finding, yeah. one of the very very it's one of those things where it's you know you you hear that you you start seeing this and you're like wow i can't believe it's so simple but also you know it starts at home it can start at home but it can also mm-hmm. end at home and i think that's something that exactly. we have to keep in mind is that you know parents and immediate family and friends have a huge role because you you listen to them you mm-hmm. you you feel safe with them and hopefully you feel safe with them and and you have these conversations and i think the point is not to the people who 
have shared that they have overcome this have all in some point of their life mm-hmm. had to speak up right and had to share it with someone even if it's not like i'm not saying speak up as in make this huge post in revelation and do this to anything but just even just a simple yes. conversation with someone that you trust and that you know vocalizing that that shame and it it just reminded me of you know Brené Brown talks about this where she says you know shame you know thrives in silence or something along those lines is what she mm-hmm. says and when i was doing this mm-hmm. research that came to you know it just really highlighted that where you start seeing when people start speaking you know where it's no longer just you internalizing mm-hmm. and you feeling this when you start speaking up it's huge and and i think that's why you know what you all are doing and you know what we have so many social media platforms too where now it's not even that you have to share with your immediate friends and family now right. you can even share with someone else like you know who is <laughs> a stranger but you feel connected you know because of this this issue so i think you know having that vocalizing it is one of the biggest tools that we have um to help with the other thing we started doing was i will never forget one of our participants saying that she said i don't i don't really know what to say and i know we touched upon this i don't know what to say and i think we really have to start coming up with just concrete things that we can say and even just talking about okay let's think about where is this even coming from right why have people started why mm-hmm. have we for decades believe this does it have to do something with our history does it have something to do with you know um the message that we you know felt from being colonized like where are some of these you know mm-hmm. beliefs coming from and and i think finally to also have some grace because i think you know some people especially one of them said i like writing and sometimes just writing it out you know can be mm-hmm. really helpful like almost like okay oh, this is this mm-hmm. i'm going to say this and well that sounds uh i don't know if i want to say that but like you know you start having these you know experiences and not letting go and sort of talking to people maybe in those conversations you learn you know what to say mm-hmm. or doing it on your own to sort of see this mm-hmm. or learning about the history to really understand okay what are the words that i can use to respond right. to something like this mm-hmm. but i think that's important i think the bottom line is people need to figure out how they want to respond that should be a strategy to are you going to ignore it because that's okay it's not your responsibility to educate them as long as it doesn't <laughs> affect you that's okay not everybody this deserves your education right not everybody deserves right deserves and it. i think exactly. you did mention like ways we can you know like you know talk about like strategies on how we can help how people like you know choose not to let colorist experience you know affect their self-worth but how can we as a society like help end and challenge colorism like what actions do we need to take i think doing more of this i think doing more of you know talking about it like almost like competing with the traditional media that is not doing its job right like <laughs> utilizing utilizing social media mm-hmm. utilizing you know these voices utilizing the platform social media is huge i think for this you know kind of an issue because we now can give an alternative voice you mm-hmm. know to people um and i think you know making those big changes <laughs> but i think also starting small you know like mm-hmm. if you're in a university 
why don't you start your own you know you know organization that gives people a safe space to like go and you know address this in your own way but i think there needs to be you know some form of you know a safe space that allows for these things to happen and conversations to happen and not being shy about it you know what mm-hmm. we're not going <laughs> to do this as you know not making excuses for the people who who say things like that <laughs> yeah um, and actually holding people mm-hmm. a little bit more accountable um and hopefully you know moving forward you know i know we've been seeing a lot of changes structurally institutionally where now people know that okay we cannot discriminate based on race Um, but I hope we get to a point where we, in there is also we do not discriminate based on skin color, not right. just race, because there is even internally there is that aspect or features or things like that that are still there. So right. there's a lot of work to be done. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Megna, thank, thank you, so, you much. so much for coming to our show today and talking to us about colorism and your project colorism at Temple University. We also want to thank for sharing your thoughts and perspective on this important issue. Listeners, thank you for hearing us discuss today's topic. We want to let you know that we are not experts in these subject matters. This is an important conversation with our guests about If you feel the same way or have an opinion about this topic, please let us know by emailing us at uniquelymevoice at gmail.com. If you all took something from today's episode and just let us know like this is Tangine and Tasneen uniquely me signing off.